The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light them up, light them up, light them up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, as Dave says. This is the Cigar Authority. It's Saturday, February 1st. It's the No Dave Show. That's right. Live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. Dave is away, and we are on a mission to try not to tank the show. Today, we hit the mailbag and answer your burning questions about cigars that you've been submitting for the past month or so. Myself, the chip on my shoulder, and Barry are all in the driver's seat for the first hour, and then Barron's is taking over completely by himself while Ed Sullivan and I nap. For the second hour, welcome everybody to The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its 10th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine, and awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world, cigar radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you can catch the podcast on demand anytime or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. All right. So we have a cigar. A cigar here. This is in my regular rotation. This is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. Yes, sir. Today's first cigar is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package, and we're about to light up 22 North by 83 West. It's manufactured in Honduras by Jay Fuego, and the size is 5.5 by 52, which is a Bellicoso Fino. It features a Brazilian Corojo wrapper, Costa Rican Corojo binder, and fillers consisting of Corojo from Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic. A single cigar will set you back $6.99, while a box of 20 is $119.99, which is a savings of almost $20 or 14% off the box price on TwoGuysCigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. All right. It's time to cut our cigars. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Thanks, Ed Sullivan. Filling in over there. Wherever I can. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Five Country Corojo blend. Yes, sir. And a little fun story about Corojo coming from El Corojo, Cuba. The geographical coordinates, if you were to punch this into a GPS, a high end GPS, to find where you're going to, where 2283 is on a map. This is the geographical coordinates of El Corojo, Cuba. Right. Well, I think it's the La Hacienda's farm right in uh, Cuba. Look at you with your facts. <laughs> I'm not fact-checking that. I'll let Rudy take care of that, but I'm going <laughs> to believe you. So, fun story. Well, maybe it's not fun, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I heard from Jesus Fuego about the seeds years ago 
eight, nine years ago. He they said, were smuggled in a virgin. They were <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> I don't know about a virgin. Uh, they were smuggled out of El Corojo, Cuba, and it's considered in the Latin countries to be extremely rude to cavity search the matriarch of the family. You were disappointed. <laughs> so the matriarch would take the seeds in a bottle of sorts and uh, use her prison wallet, so to speak, <laughs> her female prison wallet. I don't Anyway, So she gets them out. Now I didn't believe the story. It just seemed a little too far fetched. And then I heard the story from another manufacturer who specializes in Corojo, who shall remain nameless. Uh, and I thought that uh, you get an A for that. At that point, the <laughs> the story took on some validity for me, anyway. All right, what are we getting on a cold draw there, Barrett's? A lot of sweetness for De- me. Definitely a lot of sweetness. A little bit of maple. See, I'm going. I'm going on the lemon side of things. If you made your own lemon pledge. From yes, real be- lemons. <laughs> yes, because I've had lemon pledge before. <laughs> well, lemon pledge smells delicious. So if you made your own and it was organic and you could eat it, real lemon oil. And uh, Rudy says Barry is, of course, correct. I don't think he said, of course. <laughs> I agree 100% with Barry. I do not. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Hades. The Vertigo Hades features one giant jet. This is a blowtorch right here. Ooh. Single action. You press the button, boom, everything comes to light. The lighter is fueled by, of course, the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. you got easy adjustment on the side. The flame can lock on. And you want to talk about a big-ass tank. This thing must hold a, a can of butane in it. It, it looks like a bigger ass than normal. <laughs> Thanks. And, and the cool thing about this I've been is working uh, out. you can use it to uh, creme brulee. You can. It would be perfect for Let's that. say, for example, you were uh, a national sales manager and you entered a meatball competition and you wanted to deliver a creme brulee meatball. This would be the lighter that you would use if your name was Jonathan Carney and you were looking to break Steve Saka's balls. That's Mr. Jonathan Carney. It's not Mr. Anything. So there's a... Kind of a debate about cutting a bellicoso, and I believe you might have an email on that. I do. So Brian writes in kind of last minute, so he didn't make it onto the show notes, but Barry, you asked about this, so I said, you know what, this is going to make it in. Uh, regarding the No Dave show, I have a possible topic for the next show. About a year ago, I heard on the Ash Holes and then on the Cigar Authority, you guys all talked about the concept of cutting your cigar at an angle because the smoke is forced to hit your upper palate as opposed to directly on your tongue. I tried it, and I do get a slightly different flavor than the same cigar cut on a straight cut. Then after that, I never heard anyone mention it again. Do you still believe in that method, or did it end up becoming just a silly fad that went away, just like the ridiculous stacking dimes fad? Because I still do it, and I notice a difference. Not huge, but it's there. Thanks, guys. And that's Brian writing from Redondo Beach, California. Uh, the God's honest truth is that Dave doesn't like to cut his cigars at an angle. He likes a straight mm-hmm. cut. He doesn't like a V cut. He doesn't like a bullet punch. So if he doesn't like it, we typically don't talk about it. <laughs> but he's, but he's not, not here. here. So Barry, you cut yours at an yeah, angle? Yeah, I cut it at an angle. And uh, honestly, if I didn't bring up the question, I probably wouldn't have done it. It, it. To me, it was a fad. It does change the direction of the smoke. You can 
do it toward the roof of your mouth instead of getting it on your tongue. And it, uh, it, it will make it, to me, give it a milder mouthfeel. Less, less aggressive on the tongue, for yes. sure. Uh, that was Christian Aroa that had posed that as an option, and he was doing it not on a bellicoso. He was doing it on a right. regular cigar and nipping the top edge of the shoulder without breaking the cap completely, but just giving you that barrier of the smoke not drilling directly on the tongue. It does change the flavor a little bit, and he was the manufacturer, so we did it on that show. Mm-hmm. Typically, Dave, and this is Dave believing this, that the manufacturer intends on you using a straight cut. That's how he cuts it. That's how he wants to taste it. That's how most people do it. So, I mean, you still use a straight cut on the Bellicoso. It's just instead of doing it flat, you do it at an angle. I don't think on a Bellicoso it changes it much, but and I would it, say half the time it ends up being like Ed Sullivan, which he doesn't pay much attention to how he's cutting, and he ends up with an angle anyways. Just a slight angle, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, and it's a fad that comes and goes. I remember on uh, news groups back in the 90s even, there was discussion about it, and it comes, it goes. I, I don't find that it makes a, a dramatic difference. I would say if you were looking for a dramatic difference on a bellicoso or a chisel, you'd do the chisel trick with the bullet punch, either mm. punching on the top or the bottom, and then you're going to change the direction of the smoke dramatically at that point. But just cut it straight. All right. So we got, uh, we got a lot of viewer mail for this week's show, and the starting one was submitted through the Contact Us page. And it says, bad taste in my mouth. Sometimes when I'm smoking a cigar, a really bad taste floods my mouth. I've heard the term tarring up. Is that what it is? Is there a way to stop it from happening? And why does it happen? And that is Sarah from Salem, Oregon. I find that cigars that are a little on the fuller bodied side are more likely to generate a little bit more of that tar than cigars that are milder. And I've also found that it's cigars that have a draw that's a little on the tighter side. So all of the channels of your cigar filter down, so to speak, into a smaller area. And this is where the tar starts to build up. And you can see a little bubble sometimes. Which is why it happens more on a bullet cut usually than a straight cut. Because you're channeling that into even a smaller area. Correct. And it's creating the moisture. It's creating that tougher drawer. The cigar's burning hotter. And you're more susceptible to that tar buildup. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I don't want to agree with it, but uh, I do agree with it. I, just, I agree 100% with Barry. I just hope this doesn't become a show where we agree with each other. I can't handle that. Uh, along the same vein, we have uh, David writing in. Hello there, Mr. Jonathan. Glad to see you guys have decided to keep going on to the next decade. I I'm think not. you need to keep going until at least into the 2030s so you guys will own the title of Cigar Podcast with the most amount of decades in your quiver of accolades. Just had a thought of a message from a listener that had a char issue when a lounge lit his cigar for him. I've experienced this a few times myself, which is usually a result of the staff at a lounge that doesn't know better. My tip is, whenever you see this, to exhale a few puffs to be sure you're pushing out any charred smoke and then let it rest for 30 seconds or so before taking a puff. I hope this helps. And that technique is called exhausting. And it works when you get the tar buildup as well. You can blow through the cigar over that ember. And I typically like to do it with a flame on the end of the cigar. 
and you exhaust that chamber out. That was an example get, of a flame being on both sides of the cigar. I'm going to punch you in the <laughs> face. <laughs> You're, when you exhaust, I'm glad the two of you were having a good time. I'm enjoying Wait until time. the second hour and I take a nap. That's what's going to happen. Then the fun will really start. When you push the smoke, you can push that tar back into the cigar and let it settle somewhere in a pocket in there, and you can get rid of the flavor. The other thing you can do is snip the end a little bit further. Use your own cutter. Please don't use mine to do it. Uh, you just cut the end a little bit, and you'll get rid of that tar. That along with exhausting, and I find you can typically get rid of that bad taste or the char flavor. Yeah, and I find, uh, I would say... 95% of the time, if I'm recarting, it's on a torpedo. Because I, I like to have a fairly Yeah, you like narrow, a corona size. Yeah, mouth. and then if I get any buildup, I'll just recut. Yeah, I always start small with like a 38-42 on a, on a Bellicoso. And if the drawer is a little tighter, I'll go larger. It's better to go small before going big. <laughs> is that advice to Jonathan? And I was, you know, I was giving him a layup there. <laughs> I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. I'm going the Dave route today. Huh. Next up is uh, somebody wrote in, not wrote in, but recorded in a, on the SpeakPipe function that we have on the Contact Us page. So we have a listener question that came in via audio. And is that my cue to play? That's your cue to play Michael's Drop, Yes. Hey guys, it's Scott from Georgia here. I've been buying single cigars for a while now, but now that I kind of got what That's I like, Scott from I've gotten Georgia. into boxes. I bought a couple of boxes from you guys last month, but my question is about storage. Uh, should I store the cigars inside the humidor, inside the boxes? Should I put the whole box in the humidor, or should I unpack the cigars from the box and then store them in the humidor? Which way is better? Thanks a bunch, guys. Maybe it's Michael Scott. No, I got another one from Michael who asks, uh, I keep hearing on your podcast about how everyone buys boxes of cigars. How do you store them? I know Ed smokes them and doesn't keep any around, but Mr. <laughs> J and Mr. G, I've heard you say you have aged boxes. So there's a couple of things going on there. If you're buying a box of cigars and the manufacturer is very specific about the kind of wood that they store the cigars in. Aroa is a perfect example. Aroa uses cedar and they plane those boards the same day that they're going to pack the boxes. Very cedar rich. Aladino's the same concept. Padron, cedar boxes. Davidoff uses a neutral wood like mahogany or ash, and they're not looking for the flavor to change those cigars. So when you buy a full box of cigars, the real answer is take that box and drop the entire box into the humidor. If it comes in cellophane, leave it in cellophane. If it comes uncellophane, like higher-end Padrones, leave it uncellophaned. And let that box and let the, the tobaccos in those cigars mel between each other, and you're going to have less difference between cigars inside the box. When you're on the fresher side within those first three months, just outside of the sick period, you can have a more dramatic change between one, the first cigar and the last cigar in that box. If you let them sit in there for a while the tobaccos are going to combine between cigars and they're going to mel and you're going to have a more consistent burn and more consistent flavor throughout your smoking experience on that box. You know, you mentioned the cello thing and that's like the biggest debate in the cigar industry. Should you be. leave them in the cello, take them out of the cello, uh, cello. People argue it worse than politics. It's not, a, I don't think it should be an argument at all. It's you leave it in the cello. If it comes in cello, 
the manufacturer knows better than we do how those cigars are going to perform over time. And Cello's breathable, and I don't think a lot of people realize that, that Cello does breathe. The vast majority of cellophane on the market now is a wood-based cello. I know Perdomo uses it. I know Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero use it. And the way you can tell is you take the cellophane, you light it on fire. If it smells like burning wood, this is legit cellophane. It's wood-based, and it's completely breathable. There's another one on the market that is more of a petroleum-based, which is the one that Dave's allergic to. That particular one is a little less breathable, but it still has pores to it. And it's going to allow moisture to get in. It's going to allow gases to escape. Leave it on. You're going to have less yeah. damage. And I will say I do have 10 or 12 boxes in the humidor. And yeah, I just put them in however they came. If I start smoking from the box, I leave them in the box unless I need space. And then they'll move into the drawers. And a good thing to leave it in the box is if you happen to get an issue in your humidor where you wind up with a beetle. It's better to have it in a closed box than... You can contain it a little better. You can contain better, it better. Which uh, doesn't bring us to our next question, but we have another <laughs> question about that that's coming up uh, later on. So Bob writes, uh, happy birthday, Mr. Jonathan. Yesterday was my birthday, by the way. I turned 42. Thank you. Thank you. We've got a very large studio audience here. I want to give a quick shout out here to the Cigar Hacks. we got a lot of blue shirts Rocking and representing here. And uh, uh, the Retro Hail is present as well. It is the Retro Hail, right? Yeah. The yep. Retro Hail is here. Beautiful. So we got two podcasts going on. Uh, happy birthday, Mr. Jonathan. Best wishes for another great year. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's podcast. Should be interesting to hear what you guys talk about when Dave is out of town. Don't let Barry get under your skin. You do a wonderful job hosting without the boss. Sincerely, Bob from Indianapolis. Thank you, Bob. I also got a birthday card from Nicholas. Why was the IP address on that email the same IP address as two guys' cigars? None of your friggin' business. <laughs> that came in. You sent that to me, you friggin' jerk. <laughs> that came into you. You forwarded that. Ah, that explains it. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So long-term aging. This this is is a question here. I just downloaded my first ever podcast and I'm hooked. I've met Dave a few times in Southern Florida, as we have a friend in common. I will always enjoy talking cigars with him. Now, I've listened to a few podcasts, and I have to say, I think I relate most to Jonathan. My friends have commented more than once that they are glad I smoke cigars because a good cigar will relax me just enough to take the edge off my anger. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> that they don't have to worry about disposing of the bodies of those that have annoyed me, and there are so many. As another angry libertarian, I think I'd really enjoy smoking a cigar with him and comparing notes about the very many things that irked us on that day. Great job with the podcast. As a cigar geek, I love all the information. I've subscribed, and I'm here to stay. And Jonathan, you ever start a group, the Angry Libertarian Cigar Smokers, count me in <laughs> as your second member. All the best, Albert. That was not the question I thought it was. I had my stuff out of order. Uh, David writes... Hey guys, I've enjoyed the show. It has given me many hours of knowledge and entertainment. I have a cabinet humidor with an Oasis Magna humidifier, so humidity is not an issue. My problem is temperature on many occasions. Spring through the fall, the windows get opened, and not by me, and the temperature in the house and in my humidor will exceed 75 degrees for an extended period of time. Luckily, I've never had a tobacco beetle problem. My questions are, does temperature harm cigars in any other ways besides tobacco beetles? And will tobacco beetles always hatch when the temperature hits that magic number? In other words, can you keep new cigars boxed 
and quarantined in your humidor until you are sure they are beetle-free. I know moving the humidor to a cooler place is the best solution, but that is not an option, nor is closing the windows. Thank you. Please keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. I think the majority of the cigar companies now take the steps necessary to kill the beetles. Minus 10 degrees Fahrenheit for three days, and that'll do it. I know Perdomo does it in his entire container truck. He set, you know, loads the container up and has the refrigerating unit right there and chills those cigars down and then ships them while they're chilled. So they make it to us, and you never see a beetle issue with Perdomo. Padron does the same thing. Davidoff, the same thing. It happens every now and then. You know, one will survive. Uh, but it's much further and uh, few between with those companies. So beetles need two things. They need higher than 72% humidity and they need higher than 72 degrees Fahrenheit in order to hatch. So if you can keep one of those things down, you're going to dramatically reduce. It's not perfect science, but you're going to dramatically reduce that. So where you have the Oasis Magna humidifier, when that fan is off, the louver shuts. So you can set your humidity on that to within a tenth of a percent. Yeah. I can and hold mine at home at 62. Right. I wouldn't go anywhere near 70%. At all. I hold mine at 62, and that way I don't have to worry about the humidity going up, even if the windows are open. I just have to worry about the temperature. And, yeah, as far as the temperature harming them in any other way, I wouldn't say it harms them. I think at a higher temperature, it's going to affect the aging Correct. of them. But, you know, I don't, I think it's probably negligible. It's lower temperature and humidity to, to uh, affect the aging, right? If you, if you, want to, you broke this down on a past yeah, show. Yeah, if you want to sort of freeze your cigars in place, you go lower temperature, lower humidity. If you want the cigars to be actively aging, you bring your, excuse me, you bring your humidity up a little bit in, into the 68 range. I wouldn't say go as high as 70 because now right. the windows get open and it's 80% out there. Your humidor can only hold off that humidity for so long. So you're going to get a bump in humidity inside that box. I would keep it lower. And if you want to really age your cigars, or you got cigars that are too strong for you and you want to mellow them out, yep. you bring that humidity up a little higher and that's going to happen. And I also keep my uh, humidity lower because I like my cigars to burn a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, with too much humidity, you're going to have issues of right. keeping the cigar lit. You notice that in high humid climates like uh, Miami and Georgia uh, in the summer, it's almost impossible to keep a cigar lit. Right. And especially with the thicker wrappers, you know, like a broadleaf, that's even more true. I like to keep those at pretty low humidity. I'm still picking up a little bit of that citrus note that i was picking up on the cold draw i am getting more sweetness maybe a lemon honey combination i'm getting on this and a very subtle spice i'm getting a, a hint of pecans as well or pecans there's a little bit of a, a sweet nutty note i guess i could give you a nutty wow that's two weeks in a row barents two weeks in a row i got the harp it's the little things that make you happy. <clears throat> That's it. I think we got time for one more here. Uh, I had it here. <laughs> I have it here. Here we go. Gil writes, dear friends, as all thanks as always for the show. I'm always looking forward to the next episode. Such a team you've got there. 
I've been receiving the care package for about three years and recently upgraded to the premium. Fellow listeners, you should do the same. It is worth every penny. As I'm not going to say what he really wrote. I'll <laughs> let you read it, Barry. As Barry would say. Atabay is now one of my favorite cigars, and thanks to you guys for bringing more joy to my life. And here comes my first question. I understand that the blend of this dis- cigar is not disclosed, but how is that possible? FDA doesn't require this kind of information to be released in order to allow the cigar to be sold in the U.S., does it? Do you really think it is Cuban tobacco or more of a marketing legend to boost sales? Here and there, I listen to older episodes and recently browsing through a handful of ones related to Dave and Jonathan's trips to Cuba. So, of course, are you planning a trip to Havana anytime soon? It seems like the last trip was now a while ago. And has Dave ever, ever settled his fight with Amex? I let the listener, I let the listeners find the show about that story. Painful, but interesting. Thanks again for what you're doing and for the love and support. Even it's, if even if the blend had to be disclosed to FDA, like Coca-Cola's secret blend is known to the FDA, but they're never going to make that public. Well, the reality is, as I understand it, it's dry cured tobacco is what mm-hmm. the ingredients are of all cigars. So the blend itself does not have to be disclosed as far as what the country of origin is. And at the point that it does have to be disclosed, as you said, the the manufacturers may be able to request that the FDA not disclose it. Right. Otherwise, Coca-Cola or KFC's original recipe, all that would be public knowledge. The blend is left up to your imagination. You taste what you taste. Some people have said that. Some people have said they don't taste it. It is what it is. You smoke it and you make up your mind. It is a 100-rated cigar, hands down, in my opinion. I'd give it a 98. We're going to take a break. When we come back, how do you keep your cigars and your wife if she hates how you taste after smoking? Plus, cigar event etiquette. What is the right thing to do when you buy a tick when you don't buy a ticket, but really like the cigars featured in an event? All that and more when we return. We're live from the Toscano Cigar Sound Stage, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Series is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. America's favorite love story takes on a modern zeal with this A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, crafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, is a contemporary take on the rich and robust profile of the Romeo by Romeo collection. This exceptional premium offering employs an aged San Andreas wrapper considered one of the most flavorful leaves used in today's premium cigar market. Handcrafted in Nicaragua by cigar master A.J. Fernandez. Full flavored, dressed in a stunning San Andreas wrapper. Rich and bold profile with notes of dark chocolate, spice, and licorice. And available in four sizes, Robusto, Toro, Pyramid, and Short Magnum. Competitively priced under $10. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. 
It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. As some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. 
the flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Christian Aidoa from CLE, Asylum, and Aidoa. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back. We're smoking 2283, and we're rifling through your burning cigar-related questions. I was really proud of myself for that pun. Uh, during the break, we had a little conversation going with our listening audience here, and someone brought up a great point about if you want to experience that tar flavor less and less char, that if you smoke drier, that allows you to keep the airways more open on the cigar as that tobacco gets wetter, it expands and closes up your airways, which is another way to avoid having that tarry buildup. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking back to Sarah's question. So we had a listener write in about getting to an event or showing up at a cigar store and there's an event going on and you didn't buy a ticket. So this is Steve writing to us. Hey guys, first off, great job on the really enjoyable show. I have a brick and mortar etiquette question for you. This evening, my local favorite brick and mortar had an event with one of the big players in the industry. They always do a nice job with food, drinks, and a couple of samplers for a reasonable cover charge. I planned on stopping in for a while this evening, but work got in the way and led me not to have enough time to stop and spend time in the lounge. My question is, would it have been taboo to stop in for a minute, check out the event specials, and probably pick up a box? I felt like the event specials were only for those that attended and paid the cover for the event. Was this correct or just silly? Speaking of silly, stacking dimes is a welding term and hearing it outside of that context is pretty silly. Please stop. We have. We've stopped. (laughs) Thank you for all your hard work on the podcast and in the shop. And my answer to Steve would be, it is absolutely within reason to expect that if they're running a special with a manufacturer in the store, that you as a consumer coming in can take advantage of those specials and deals. That's the reason they're running the event. Yeah, the majority of people that go to an event, you know, we're fanboys, so we're a little bit different, but the majority of people at an event, in and out customers. So there's nothing wrong with stopping by. And uh, for a ticketed event, I'm not saying you're entitled to have the snacks that they put out or any of that stuff, but if you're just stopping in for five minutes, they are going to be more than happy to sell you a box of cigars and give you the five-pack that you're getting free and the T-shirt and the, the hat or whatever's going on for the event. I, I don't think you should feel funny about that at all. Now, would it be, in your eyes, would it be taboo? All right, I'm not going to be able to make it to the event. Should I call and see if I could get the special over the phone? That depends on the laws of the state when it comes to p- processing credit card transactions over the phone. Not, you can't do it in every state. Uh, I believe we can do it here in New Hampshire for the time being. That may go away at some point. So if it's legal and they're willing to do it, again, the the guy bought boxes of cigars to do the event. Right. So 50-box order is a typical minimum order to get a principal of the company to show up at your store. This guy's on the hook for 50 boxes. He ain't saying no to a box buyer coming in to buy a box, whether he bought a ticket to the event or not. Now, sometimes you have like a guy like Steve Saka who did the uh, meatball event with us, and he had the pulpetta. 
there was only enough polpetta for people in attendance. Correct. So the manufacturer also plays into whether or not that could be extended over the phone. And there was, with the ticket price, you got a little coupon code. If you wanted to buy a box of Steve's stuff, that coupon code may not always be available for someone walking in. Mm -hmm. But the free product that went with it, there were hats. Sometimes there's lighters. All that stuff Mm -hmm. comes with the event pack Mm -hmm. and is there to help that brick-and-mortar guy sell boxes of cigars. So you should be buying your boxes from brick and mortar and you should expect to be able to get the deal if the principal or the rep is there putting on an event. I don't see anything wrong with that. So the chat, the next question you got lined up, the chat room has constantly been asking about what's next to the cowbell. So Rudy, you're about to get your answer. So this is uh, no name writing in. This is my first time writing in Mr. J and I've been listening for about a year. I know you're looking for questions related to cigars, but I'm wondering if you have any expertise with getting your palate to be completely clean so that your significant other will kiss you without having to deal with ashtray breath. My girl tolerates my cigar smoking, but not my breath after, so there's no kissing for a couple of days after I smoke, and I really would like to be able to smoke every day, but I would also like to kiss my wife. With you guys smoking as much as you do, I'm wondering if you've been able to clean your mouth completely so that you can get some, or do all of your wives just accept that your breath is your breath and that's it? Any help would be great. Blue balls in Maryland. So here's the thing. Smoke settles on the moisture in your mouth. So you end up with a film on your teeth, you end up with a film between your teeth, and you end up with a film on your tongue and coating your palate. So the the way you get that out is... the what I have found, and I've tried a couple of different toothbrushes, you got to have an electronic toothbrush because they vibrate and they'll get that film off your teeth. The one that I use is the Oral-B Pro 1000. It's called a cross-action electric toothbrush. And really the key to this is that the head on the toothbrush is completely round and it rotates back and forth side to side very, very quickly, almost ultrasonically. So you hit every single surface of every tooth. I like to start on the bottom tier because that's the part that ends up being most neglected. And when I talk to my dental hygienist, she always says I have some staining issues on the bottom. So I always start there and pay real close attention to it. Then I work to the top inside, then the bottom outside, top outside. As soon as I'm done brushing, and this TheraBreath uh, oral rinse is the best thing that I've found. It's a brand name called TheraBreath. It guarantees you're going to have no bad breath for 24 hours. I can't promise that that's going to happen. I'm not making any claims here. All I'm going to say is that there's no sting with this. There's no alcohol in it. It is. It just gets the film off the cheeks and off your tongue. It's also important to brush your tongue. And then at the end, I floss with a little flosser. And now I'm cleaning the smoke off of the inside edges of my teeth in a sort of a brushing motion. I got that from my dentist. You don't go up and down. You slide it between your teeth. You go back and forth like you're sawing, not into the gums, but on the side of your teeth. And at the end of all that, I rinse my mouth out one more time. And I can tell my wife that I've not smoked today and she believes it. I'm not saying lie to your wife. I'm just saying I've done it just to say, all right, let me know if there's anything going on in here. And there's nothing going on. My mouth's completely clean like I never smoked. And I smoke a lot of cigars. So pick yourself up some of this TheraBreath, get yourself an electronic toothbrush, and go to town. I have an electronic toothbrush in my car as well. I'm not saying everyone has to quite go to that level, but 
uh, on my way home, I can get myself cleaned up and Nookie can start right away. So we have some comments in the chat room about this. First of all, Rudy says, just tell her to deal with it. And then Aaron writes that the best solution to this is find a girlfriend that loves it and just ignore your wife. All right. I guess if that's how you want to play it, I, that can be an expensive problem right there. <laughs> how much do you like your house? Um, yeah, that's that's just what I've found. And I've, I've tried a bunch of different things. And the alcohol uh, versions of mouthwash just kind of burn your mouth. This is available literally at every single CVS, Market Basket, any grocery store. It's right there in the in the um, in the aisle. Barry, you use rum, right? Yes, I use Florida Cognac. I find that works really well. The problem, especially if my wife's drinking it with me, there's a little <laughs> bit less resistance at that point. <laughs> uh, it's it's important to have good dental health, anyways. So this, if you have a problem with your wife not liking the ashtray breath, this will get your mouth clean. But it's also it's good for your regular health. And for those that aren't watching, it's a orange cap with a almost neon blue bottle, neon turquoise bottle. Yeah, the brand name's TheraBreath. This is the best one I've found. If someone else finds one that's better, I'm, I'm certainly yeah. open to try different ones. I, I think that color is called blue Gatorade color. <laughs> it's almost the same. Yeah, it is almost the same. <clears throat> it's definitely very Gatorade-esque in the design of the coloring. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> another burning cigar question. Hey, Mr. J, I have a question that you guys might discuss on an upcoming show. With all the talk about FDA regulations possibly making it more difficult to get my favorite smokes, I've decided to step up my cigar purchasing game and increase my stock in case some of my favorite brands are forced to be discontinued. Lately, I've found that I've been acquiring cigars faster than I can smoke them, and my three humidors have become overloaded. I recently spurged, splurged on an extra-large footlocker-style humidor that's pretty awesome. There's enough room in it to fit whole boxes in there if I want to, and even with my entire stash inside, I'm barely over half capacity. Thanks to your show, I know that a full humidor is necessary for maintaining proper humidity, so I'm stepping up my cigar purchases even more in order to get that new humidor close to capacity. My question is this. In reading the instructions that came with the humidor, they advise keeping the humidifiers up top on the interior of the lid. This seems to be the most common place to put humidifiers in a desktop-style humidor, whereas the cabinet humidors at my local shop have their humidifiers located at the bottom of the cabinets, which seems to t make more sense to me. It seems like the moisture coming from below is more likely to circulate upwards versus the other way around. That's true. If I go with the lid-mounted option, how confident can I be that the humid air will circulate downward to where my cigars are stored? Should I consider another humidification device down at the bottom as well? If so, how do I keep from over-humidifying the cigars that are approximately that are in proximity to the device? For clarification, I currently use two crystal-type humidifiers mounted to the lid of my humidor. Any wisdom you guys can share is very much appreciated. Thanks for all you do. I truly believe your show makes the world a better place. Regards, Luke from Seattle. So lid mount, I don't like anyway. Same, they always same, fall off at some point. Same, I agree. <laughs> and end up on top of your cigars. We have a burning question from the audience. I have a question. Will Therabreath help my friend Dave here? It might. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Does he need psychological evaluation? Because it's not going to do that. Um, with respect to the, the humidors, I would say that a passive device is not the most ideal if you're really storing boxes. And this, when, you, when you're referencing 
cigars in the humidor at the store. If they're doing like we do, which is singles in the cases, I have a fan-based system at the yeah. bottom because humidity does rise and the fan is there to circulate the air when the doors are closed. The other thing that happens is when doors get opened on the humidor, there's a little shockwave that happens. It starts to move the air around, and that's something that you're relying on in a passive system in your humidor. You've got lid-mounted humidification. When you open the lid and you close it, you're going to send the shockwave of that humidity. As we said before, 70% is a little on the high side, yeah. and those crystal-based units advertise 69% or 70% yeah. with PG solution in there, which is relatively speaking on the high side but because humidity rises the units being held at the top is going to mean the top is going to be 70 percent down near the bottom you're going to be in the 60s yeah i i like active as well especially if you're talking about a big space you know when i see people saying okay go get this many pounds of beads right i, I start thinking well that doesn't sound very good to me if you have a, a unit that'll hold 10 or so boxes, the Cigar Oasis Magna. It's 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. You can get them at twoguyscigars.com. It has a fan in it and a louver. And this is ideal for a home system. Our systems, we just don't, we don't seal completely the, the doors. They're sealed well, but there's still some movement uh, of air going through there. And we can have the units be a little oversized. Is the Magna the one with Wi-Fi? or You can get them with Wi-Fi, yeah, yep. There is one with Wi-Fi. Right, which makes the monitoring easier. It certainly does. Yeah. It'll just connect right up to an app on your phone. But the, the key to that is when you hit, in, in my case at home, when I hit 62%, the fan shuts off and the louver shuts. So now I'm not moving any more air. I'm not adding humidity. I'm maintaining humidity. And the only time that's going to drop is when I open the humidor. And a little bit of that right. humidity escapes. The one I have has an alarm when it runs out of water. That's important. So it beeps. Although I also have a couple of uh, Wi-Fi units that are set to email me if the humidity drops below 62%. And I would say that there's no emergencies in cigars. If humidity goes a little high or it goes a little bit low, there's no need to panic. Nope. Especially if you keep the cellophane on because you're going to slow down the escape of the humidity. So if the humidity drops a little bit or goes up a little bit, you've done no damage to your cigars right. whatsoever. People tend to obsess over it. You know, you mentioned how humidity rises and it's more humid near the top. Certain cigars do better with lower humidity versus high humidity. So placement is very important. Like a Cro-Magnon Knuckle Drag, a very oily, very dense cigar. I prefer that cigar at a low humidity, so in my in my humidor, I keep that box near the bottom. Right, and then a, a, a cigar that I want to be a little bit more, of course, will go near the top. So placement is very important depending on the cigars See, you have. Milder cigars can handle a slightly higher humidity yes. because you have less lajero in them, less of that thicker tobacco that's going to expand and close the gateways, the the keyways through the cigar. Hi, higher priming cigars are going to absorb more moisture. Those are going to be the ones that smoke better, drier. Padron, for example. Yes. That cigar smokes unbelievable at 62, and you end up with some draw problems, even box-pressed ones, when you start getting up closer to yeah. 70%. And I've got a one, two, three hygrometers in my big unit, which is probably five feet yeah, tall. Yeah, that thing's right? five feet, and it's, what, three by three anyways. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of space in there, and you see 
a three up to a three percent difference depending on which part of the humidor you're monitoring. So if you're going to be serious about collecting cigars, get yourself a, a more expensive unit that is electronic that can move the air yeah. and have yourself different levels and get to know your humidor. Even even humidors from the same brand are going to respond slightly different depending on what that seal looks like. So get to know your unit. And you'll know, yeah. okay, these cigars smoke better at this level versus this level. And I think you're... And I literally have not touched the adjustment on that in over 10 years. It's just that dialed, dialed in. in and it, it goes. The other thing is, with, when it comes to humidors, I've said this before, you're going to read on the internet about wiping the inside of your unit down with distilled water. It's all bullshit. The wood is going to acclimate within three days. When my brother, my brother's going to come here and do some work in the, the back room here and, and update the upstairs. Mm. When he orders the wood to do the flooring, he's going to put that wood in that room for three days, no more, no less, and then he's going to start the project. And in those three days, the temperature and the humidity are going to rele um, relegate themselves to be neutral, and he'll be able to put that flooring in, and it's going to respond and be perfect. He'll have no buckling. Thank you for your input there, Barry. I agree with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, One more here before we go into the matchup of the week. Albert writes, question for the 2-1 show. I know from listening to your podcast that you may do more listener questions on 2-1 because Dave Garofalo is away. Here's one for you. I'm a regular cigar smoker and in my travel and I have my travel humidor, etc. But I also... As a regular cigar smoker, I always carry my own cutter and lighter. As a frequent traveler for business, I have an ongoing challenge with TSA over my lighter. Sometimes I forget that I threw a lighter in my bag. One time they found four lighters. And sometimes I actually, I am actually just trying to take a lighter with me. Any suggestions as to which lighter may have a better chance of making it through? P.S. I will be traveling to Nicaragua while the show airs and plan to try to get a totally empty bled vertigo cyclone through. We'll let you know if I get lucky. Best angry libertarian cigar smoker. That one's for you, Mr. Jonathan. If it's empty and bled, you have no problem. Well, here's the problem. Because I, I've been stopped at the checkpoint with a lighter in my pocket, and the first thing they do is see if it lights. If it doesn't light, they give it right back. So the best lighter is the one that he's referencing, and that's the Vertigo Cyclone. I have one right here. Plastic body. You fill it up all the way, and... Ed Sullivan's going to zoom in here. The three jets, it's got a big tank, and it's going to last for your entire trip. The key is not to put the lighter with the cigars. That's the first place they're going to look. I take my Vertigo Cyclone. I fill it up all the way. I make sure I bleed it a couple of times and really get it filled up so it doesn't even look like it's full. There's no air bubble in there. The other thing I do is I take the adjuster and I turn it all the way to the right, which turns off the jets. Now it doesn't light. So if it got found, I could say to the TSA agent, listen, the lighter doesn't even work. I'm bringing it to where I bought it and I'm going to get it replaced and I'll make sure that I bleed it before I come back, blah, blah, blah. I've never been caught though, because I take the lighter and I throw it in with my shaving kit with the razor blades that are allowed to be on the plane and all the stuff that goes in there. It's never been detected even one time. <coughs> so the Cyclone, I tra I've traveled with it all the time. I've traveled with as many as a dozen of them. Hmm. 
checked luggage is better than carry-on. If you're only traveling with a carry-on, again, shaving kit, keep it away from your cigars. Try not to identify yourself as a cigar smoker and you'll have fewer problems. Well, and, and the good thing about doing it with the Cyclone is if it does get confiscated, it's not like you're traveling with a DuPont. That's the other That's the other beautiful thing. It's an inexpensive lighter, yeah. under $15, no matter yeah. where you are in the country. You'll have no problems there. I tend to just go old school, travel with a, a soft flame disposable. They don't care. Those go that's, right on through, and they make fire, and I've somehow managed... To light every cigar with one. Yeah, and you know what? Having some backup matches isn't a bad idea either, but matches are tough. You're lighting and smoking outside. I mean, you're going to make do with what you have, but if you can get that jet flame, I'll tell you, you're a god in a place like Nicaragua, (laughs) and I'll give the lighter to somebody. You're not going to find butane So you go there, and it's like you invented fire? It's like I'm the inventor of fire. (laughs) Wow. That's it. All right. It's time for the matchup of the week, brought to you by VS. VS stands for Versus, but it also stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars, who would win this hypothetical battle? Dalton, the bouncer from Roadhouse, versus John McClane in the Die Hard series in a straight-up street brawl. Never saw Roadhouse. What? Never saw it. Barry, you have homework, my friend. Because when you watch The Godfather, I will no, watch no, no, Roadhouse. No, no. Listen, I already watched that stupid movie that you oh, made that us was watch. Horrible. That was the worst movie. I am not taking movie advice. That from movie, you. I get why you believe that Summersby sucks. It's fine. It was so bad I couldn't even remember the name. It does <laughs> suck, but when I tell you, if you haven't seen Roadhouse, you owe it to yourself. This movie is everything you believe in. There's violence. There's hot women. Is there rum? There might be rum. I think there's rum in it. Are there naked women in it? Uh, it's eighties. There, there might be a nipple, but it's. <laughs> I'm in. It's. <laughs> <laughs> so Dalton was played by Sam Elliott, I believe. Was it? Damn it! I, this whole time I thought I was doing the the other guy. All right, so it's Patrick Swayze versus Bruce Willis. Pa- Thank you. That was Wade. So Dalton, the lead character. He's a badass, he's a bouncer, and you got John McClane. See, now if you said Patrick Swayze in Red Dawn versus Bruce Willis, <laughs> I might lean toward the Patrick Swayze character. I've never seen Red Dawn, so I wouldn't say that. So I'm going with Bruce Willis in right. Die Hard. Yeah, I never saw the other one either, so I got to go with Bruce Willis. It's not Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis didn't really win any of the fights. He got himself beat up. I mean, he, he won because he shot people. Yeah, I don't know the other movie. Guy's a bouncer, right? Whatever. You picked a movie that that like you know we still. Have I thought our, everyone has seen we Roadhouse. Still, we still have our man cards. No <laughs> offense to those who have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you know, gonna, gonna do? do to you? Yeah. All right, a big thank you to all those who like and share our podcast, especially those who subscribe on YouTube. It really helps. We very much appreciate that. We need to uh, have some final thoughts on our 2283. Very, very nutty. I expected more spice with the Corojo. Um, Balanced. Five Nation blend, you would think there'd be too much going on. One might overpower the other. There wouldn't be that, that level playing field, so to speak. The cigar works. I could see why it's one of your favorites. My experience with Corojo is very similar to my experience with making fresh salsa with different kinds of peppers. 
it's not that you're adding more and more and more spice. You're adding more flavor when you have something that's similar, like different kinds of hot peppers. In the case of the Corojo, I find that that five-country Corojo blend, those Corojos work well together as opposed to working against each other. Some of the spice kind of cancels itself out, and you're left with that sweet, nutty component that you're picking up. Right. It's a testament to, to the blender behind this, Be you know, whether it was Jesus Fuego or he has a master blender in his factory, that he was able to get the ratios correct where they all played nicely. It's a cigar that I would say is a 5 out of 10 as far as the strength goes, but I would say as far as the flavor goes, you're pushing up into the 9, 9.5. Very, very good mouthfeel, total flavor. See the strength, I would put it a 4, and the flavor, I would put it an 8. And it sucks, doesn't it? Because you do this to Dave all the yeah, time. But, yeah, but, but I don't give yeah. it. I don't care. You can have you can have your opinion. It doesn't but bother me. This is at uh, least a Dave six. Yeah, he would say six or seven for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, unlike this show, the cigar is definitely not dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in my regular rotation. I thoroughly enjoy it. I can it's time to take a break. See why? When we come back, Barry has quite the hour lined up for us. So I'm going to take a nap until the after show. We're live from the Toscano Cigar Sound Stage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Aging Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating, is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, Every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General work. Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at TwoGuysCigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world, from exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations 
Foundations of Cigar Science Basics, this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the Decade on Steroids. The 15th Anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary, Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary, Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tobacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Eric Newman from the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority. And we're back with our number two. It's the weekend of the big game. 
So it's time for the big man to take control. That's right, I am large and in charge. As we light up a cigar that is new to twoguyscigars.com, talks of football, and welcome back to the Cigar Authority. I don't know how I'm going to do with the talking football part. But yeah, I figure <laughs> I'll do the best I can. <laughs> I, I know outside of tight ends and wide receivers, you really don't know that much, but it's okay. It's <sighs> laying them up for you, buddy. So uh, we're going to smoke uh, cigar number two, and it's uh, new to twoguyscigars.com, and it's uh, from a veteran-owned company, and in the past, we've had Robert Holt on the show. And uh, the cigar we're about to light up is the Southern Drawer Jacob's Ladder. It's manufactured in Nicaragua for Southern Draw by A.J. Fernandez. And the cigar that we're lighting up is a 6x52 Toro. It features a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper over USA Maduro and fillers consisting of Nicar- Nicaraguan Lajero from Jalapa and Esteli. A single cigar will set you back $10.79 by a box is $191.99, which is a savings of about $24 or 11% off the box price on twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. So in the first hour, when they asked if uh, this TheraBreath could help the uh, guy, I didn't realize that he had fake bad teeth in. (laughs) I just thought he had really, really bad teeth, and I tried to just ignore it and hope that he went away. And it turns out it was a gag set of teeth. So I I got had. Yes, you did. Barry, one question. Yes. So the binder is USA Maduro. It says USA Maduro. They wouldn't classify it as Connecticut. They wouldn't classify it as Pennsylvania. Just uh, it USA. just says USA Maduro. So huh. we should expect more sweetness perhaps out of this without knowing. I haven't smoked it in a while. I have smoked it, but I just haven't lit it up in a while. I'm guessing that we're going to get additional sweetness from that Maduro. It's time to cut our cigars. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the Federal S-chip tax and lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. The cold drawer is uh, almost like a little bit of mesquite. Yeah, a little smoky. I agree 100% with Barry. No, I don't. Oh, you know what I'm getting from it? Cinnamon Chinese pea pods. That's what this is. Chinese pea pods. I've seen them on the plate. I've usually pushed them away. Cinnamon Chinese pea pods. You only said that so you could play that drop. (laughs) We're going to light our cigar today with the... Vertigo Hades. Vertigo Hades features a giant single-jet push-button action. It's fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. Easy adjustment on the side, all for the low price of $29.99. That's the Vertigo Hades. And the cinnamon Chinese pea pods, that, that was for a Maduro cigar. I think it was the E.P. Carrillo. So, so the bottom of this cigar you know, has a closed foot. Little tight draw at the beginning, right? So I, I don't, I don't toast a closed foot. I like to light and pull at the same time, so you get that initial burst of wrapper. And I think on this cigar, it's kind of important because Pennsylvania uh, broadleaf isn't as popular as its Connecticut counterpart. Sure. So it has a very distinct taste to it. You know, it's a little bit minerally. It has that charred steak taste to it. 
Um, so I like to get that initial hit. I'm picking up a little floral note as well, which may be the Maduro binder that's happening in there. There's some sweetness on the back end. Not a lot of pepper. So what is the difference, Barrents, <clears throat> between Pennsylvania Broadleaf and its Connecticut counterpart? Well, a lot of people don't even know where Pennsylvania Broadleaf has grown. I mean, we all know Connecticut Broadleaf comes from the Connecticut River Valley. Which crosses over from Connecticut into Massachusetts as well. It's called Connecticut Broadleaf, but every bit as much grown in Massachusetts as grown in Connecticut. That is correct. And uh, Pennsylvania Broadleaf is actually grown in Lancaster County, which dates back to the 1700s, uh, where it was grown and harvested by the Amish. Uh, in an interesting note, tying into what we're smoking, the Mennonite Church was founded by Jacob Ammon, and his followers became the Amish. We're smoking Jacob's Ladder. And while Jacob's Ladder really has nothing to do with Jacob Ammon, it pulls the cigar full circle. Uh, Jacob's Ladder is in reference to uh, the Song of Solomon, and all the cigars within the Southern Jura line have biblical ties as well as family ties. This one shares the name with his son. Rosa Sharon shares the name with his wife. And uh, But the main difference... So by smoking this, we can get closer to God. Is that what you're saying? That's his belief. You know, he's a very religious individual, Robert Holt. Uh, but the difference between the two is right off the bat in a side-by-side -side comparison, uh, Pennsylvania Burleaf has a much more rustic look. This is very rustic looking. It's also a little bit less forgiving when it comes to blending because the wrapper is considerably thicker, which opens up the cigar to burn issues if there isn't enough combustion. Why do you think, or do you think that the, it's a wise choice to use a Maduro binder, given that that's going to also be a little on the thicker side. Most people would blend in opposition. Right, which is interesting because he's also using Lajero in the filler, but yet all the ones I've smoked of this, the cigar has been, the, true, the burn's been true. There have been brands with Panacea, uh, like Panacea, which was like the first Pennsylvania broadleaf I ever smoked, and that always had burn issues. Um, so the thicker wrapper is harder to get that proper combustion, but the fermentation that A.J. Fernandez uses in this cigar also plays into uh, plays a role in Yeah, it. he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's certainly making plenty of cigars, so I don't, I don't think you're going to have an issue with using him as a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf, uh, the plants can grow up to eight feet tall. And instead of the leaves being harvested one by one, much like Connecticut broadleaf, they cut the plant at the stalk and they cure the tobacco on the stalk, hanging from the barns instead of just the leaves. You're going to get more nutrients that way. Those leaves are going to draw the nutrients. They're going to continue to draw out from, of that stem. Yes. Uh, depends. Also, you, yeah. also probably, I believe I remember when we did that show down in um, Connecticut with the the grower down there. He said it, you're going to get a slightly stronger tobacco as well because a lot of the nicotine resides in the it's stem. stem right. you're, going to pull, you're going to pull nutrients out of the stem, and one of those nutrients is going to be nicotine. Right. So you're especially going to have a slightly it, stronger. Especially when you're hanging it upside down as you get near the, uh, the Lajero priming, all that nutrients are going to go to the, the bottom of the plant, which at this point is the top of the plant because it's hung upside down. Uh, Pennsylvania tobacco is also used for snuff, and it's used uh, for filler tobaccos as well as uh, chewing tobacco. And uh, the word stogie is tied into Pennsylvania tobacco. It was a word used to refer to long cigars smoked by wagon masters that looked like the spoke of a wagon wheel, and uh, they referred to these as stogies. Uh, the cost for Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper is about 25% less expensive than Connecticut broadleaf. Typically, Connecticut broadleaf glows between $25 and $30 a pound for the, for the best 
looking wrapper. So Pennsylvania broadleaf is going to come in at about 25% less. And type 41 is the type of tobacco that's used uh, for Pennsylvania broadleaf. And uh, it's, that particular tobacco is mostly used for wrapper, and they grow about 800 acres uh, where Connecticut broadleaf is grown at roughly over 2,000 acres. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a little bit more scarce than its Connecticut counterpart. And out Except of- that people are buying up Connecticut broadleaf like it's going out of style. It's in short supply for blending right now. Right. There are a few companies right now that their supply, the demand, they can't keep up with the supply. Right. So it makes you wonder if some people are going to start to turn more to, to Pennsylvania broadleaf. Uh, and out of curiosity, for those who wonder, about 2,400 pounds of tobacco is per acre. So, you know, 2,000 times 24, you're going to get a lot. 2,000 times 20, uh, 2,400, you're going to get a lot more yield. Out of this versus Connecticut broadly. Versus Pennsylvania. So there's less of this made, but there's, more, there's probably more availability because there is less Pennsylvania cigars on the market than there are Connecticut broadleaf. And the difference in taste is uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf imparts a bold, spicy sweetness and has a bit more of a mineral component, where Connecticut broadleaf is sweeter. And uh, some will make the argument that broadleaf is a little bit smoother as well. Out of Connecticut. Correct. Now, and, you, and you mentioned that with the USA Maduro, you expected there to be more sweetness. So if- Maybe that's why they're using the Maduro to kind of mask some of the mineral, because I'm not picking up much on the mineral side. It's more sweetness. Very, very subtle spice. Yeah. There's a sharpness to the Pennsylvania broadleaf. broadleaf. It's not as sharp as, say, like San Andreas Maduro, right. uh, but it's kind of the balance between the two. So, you know, if you like Connecticut broadleaf, but you tried San Andreas and it's that was a little too sharp for you, something like this, the, the Southern George Jacobs wrapper might, uh, Jacobs ladder might fit into your profile. And there's some other cigars on the market that use Pennsylvania broadleaf uh, basically in the filler. And uh, Sober Mesa uses it in the filler. Uh, Patina uses it in the filler. Recluse Los Cabos and the Amadeus Connecticut and Abano both have Pennsylvania broadleaf in it or Pennsylvania tobacco. And, of course, Neanderthal, uh, and he refers to it as uh, Sucker One. Red River Sucker One, is it? I think so. Yeah. So, but that's the that's the main differences between Pennsylvania uh, tobacco and Connecticut tobacco. And uh, I don't know. I've always been a fan of Pennsylvania Burleaf tobacco. So when uh, we brought this on to twoguyscigars.com, I, I was ecstatic. I've been smoking them on a regular basis. And uh, if you haven't had a Pennsylvania Burleaf wrapper, I think this is a really good example. I shit on Dave all the time for talking about how strong a cigar is right out of the <laughs> gate. Uh, I'm about uh, three quarters of an inch in here. And I'm starting to get heart palpitations. I'm going to say I'm at a solid eight right now, strength-wise. Ten, possibly ten plus mm-hmm. flavor-wise. This is – I'm, I'm a little scared because it's a six-inch cigar. So I'm expecting this to be rolled in the way that other cigars coming out of AJ's factory are. At the five-inch mark, <coughs> we're going to hit tips, which means we're going to have a boost not only of flavor, but we're going to have a boost of strength. Mm-hmm. I'm at an eight right now. I'm expecting bathroom problems. <laughs> this is this is this could potentially get to yeah. don't trust a fart. I mean, if you have to excuse yourself, Barry and I will carry on. I'm sure you will. All right, it's time to find out what's up in the cigar world with our good friend Barry Stein. 
It's time for What's What's Up up? in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. Did you uh, just try to retrohale from the folks, for oh, the folks from retrohale? I almost threw up. He's uh, pushing me over here going, <laughs> roll through your nose, roll through your nose. I'll just do it off camera. And uh, the World Cigar Smoking Championship has a new cigar, and that cigar will be made by Rocky Patel. The cigar replaces Macanudo, and the new Rocky is simply called World Cigar Smoke World Cigar Smoking Championship. Just rolls off the tongue, <laughs> or WCSC for short. And uh, you can look for it at Two Guys Cigars. That'll be available for regular people. Yes, they can and, buy yeah, that. They're going to have the the official size, and there'll be two other sizes. And if you go to the CigarAuthority.com, Dave caught up with I, I think it was Nimish Patel who told us about the cigar, why he was at TPE. Who makes it? Rocky Patel. In his factory. At Tavacusa. How much, and this is a little conspiracy because we we do have this coming up, how much do you think this plays into the big four doing their best to hurt the cigar industry by pulling out of the PCA, and now all of a sudden – the World Cigar Smoking Championship switches manufacturers. Well, the, the the switch was actually announced last year at uh, Inter Tobac in Germany. Okay, um, but this year they announced that the cigar will be available in the U.S. Uh, so this announcement was made when there was rumblings about the Big Four dropping out, but it didn't become official. So that the two are not connected. It, on the surface, it doesn't appear f- to be, but with rumblings. I failed with my conspiracy, Ed Sullivan. Uh, I failed. And if uh, you watch the movie The Irishman, uh, there are numerous cigar smoking scenes, and most of them are hand rolls from a Brooklyn cigar store. However, Harvey Keitel, who played Angelo Bruno, specifically requested that the cigars he smoked in the movie were Toscano. Ah, and uh, a man on the ground at TPE, David G, let us know that word was AJ Fernandez has backed out of PCA. Uh, was he pressured? As you know, he currently makes cigars for Altadis in general, and in turn, will AJ now pressure companies he makes cigars for to follow suit? That's a lot of companies. Yeah, <laughs> he makes a lot of cigars, man. So I mean, you can look at who he makes cigars for. Who's his bread and butter? They're not going. Was he pressured? We kind of hinted on it in the past after show. This kind of gives credence to what Dave said. And uh, lastly, I've said it before. Now that the government has 21, somebody's going to push for a hire. Hawaii has introduced Bill HB 2507, which seeks to raise the tobacco purchase age in the state of Hawaii to 25. And that's what's up in the cigar world. All right, up and coming on uh, future shows, we have the Tobacco Plus Expo recap next week. It's certainly going to be a show you're going to want to tune into. Barry and I were talking before we started the show here about what questions we might ask Dave to try to push him into revealing some secrets that he probably shouldn't say. Uh, After that, we have the Los Kaidos on the show with Steve Zengler, uh, his cigar brand that is put out to every cigar you buy a dollar of it goes toward the fallen police and the fallen fire department uh and each one has its same blend but each has its own color band so you decide yep. really what you should do is get two right one, one for of the each. police and one for the fire 
And those cigars are made at Aganorsa. And uh, for those of you in the care package, that's uh, one of your care package cigars. February 22nd is Dos Ombre Day. And that'll be the predictions episode or the conspiracy theory episode. And Dave uh, accidentally put some of his notes in here. And I don't want to <laughs> let the cat out of the bag, but uh, he's going for the jugular on some of these. I may call in sick. I don't know if I want to be. I don't know if I want to be shanked by anybody. Uh, and then after that, we've got the Leap Year Edition, the first ever Cigar Authority falling exactly on the Leap Year Day, February 29th. So look forward to that. <clears throat> Interesting. So I already I already jumped ahead with the flavor profile. So. Yeah, nice job blowing your load. Yeah, so I'm going to jump <laughs> a little bit ahead before we get into the uh, the next uh, the next half hour. Where we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Uh, but on Super Bowl Sunday, some interesting facts. 325 million gallons of beer are drank on Super Bowl Sunday, which makes it the fourth most in the U.S. Uh, following, actually, surprisingly, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and St. Patrick's Day, but not necessarily in that order. 12.5 million pizzas are consumed during the Super Bowl and 1.3 billion chicken wings. Most Americans will ingest 2,400 calories in the four to five hours of the Super Bowl, and they will spend over $15 million in food. And lastly, the city of Miami has seen the most arrests of active NFL players since 2000 with over 60 arrests. So I question the uh, game being played in Miami. <laughs> and uh, we know Jonathan won't be doing any of the food because he's fasting. Are you still fasting? Still fasting. Anyway, let's uh, take a break, and uh, when we come back, <laughs> I'm not good with the buttons today. I see right? that. Struggling, Ed Sullivan. I know. Here, try that again, Barry. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about Jonathan's favorite subject, tight ends and wide receivers, as we look at the big game happening in Miami, where Dave happens to be. We're live from the Toscano Stage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice it's sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Provider number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit Drew 
DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more. It's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. The nearly 175-year-old H. Upman brand in collaboration with storied cigar maker A.J. Fernandez bring a medium to full-bodied, sweetly balanced, and yet complex smoking experience. Boasting an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper, this cigar produces incredible aromas and nuances of sweet spices. Today, almost 175 years later, the legacy of H. Upman lives on a brand new take on an age-old brand. Handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua by Cigar Master A.J. Fernandez. Available in four sizes, priced under $9. A legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Hey, what's up, people? This is David Ortiz, Big Poppy from the Big Poppy Cigar. You're listening to Cigar Authority. 
And we're back and we're smoking the Southern Draw, Jacob's Ladder, Toro, on the eve of the big game. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority. I just passed the five-inch mark, and holy <laughs> shit, this is strong. See, I, when you said the five-inch mark, I was figuring <laughs> you were talking about when you get into or past the band. I didn't realize you meant the first inch, no, so no. there was five inches left. So for people that don't know how the blenders often work, it's not a, it's not an exact science. Not everybody does it this way, but... Certain manufacturers will take the tips when they roll a cigar. So they're going to roll a six-inch cigar in this case. They're going to roll it at about six and a half inches. Sticking out of the end are going to be the tips of the leaves that are going in that direction. Mm-hmm. They're going to break those tips off and work those into the five-inch mark and the three-inch mark. So now you have, on a better cigar, you're going to have a little bit of a roller coaster as far as your strength and flavor this little ebb and flow that they're creating. And then they'll take the other parts of the leaves and they'll work those in to fill in any of the voids, which isn't going to change the flavor dramatically. But those tips are very important because that's the strongest part of the leaf and it has the most flavor. So I just hit that spot. This thing went to nine and a half, almost 10. Yeah, this is a this is a gift to Dave by smoking it when he's not here. <laughs> yeah. This would he definitely would be dying right yeah, now. Yeah, this would definitely be way too much he, for him. He'd have to go to 11. This is this is a cigar that somebody that is smoking uh fuller body cigars on the regular, it should be in your regular rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I've been smoking these about one a day since we got them in. I also noticed that you've been partial to that Rose of Sharon. It's a it's, it's a, a very good Connecticut. It is cigar. a very good Connecticut, and it's it's kind of like a mix of your grandfather's Connecticut with just a touch of modern Connecticut. Yeah, but it has that very Connecticut taste. But but it's flavorful, right? Because that one has a little bit of oomph to it, but it has a creaminess to it too. So yeah. it's very yeah. delightful. Yeah. yeah, it's your stepfather's uh, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just baffled. I'm baffled at how far you've taken this <laughs> Connecticut bullshit. But uh, I, I'm getting definitely, uh, if you've ever had uh, a barbecue, not a gas grill, but with the briquettes. Yeah. And let's face it, it's kind of hard to get the steak just right on a briquette if you don't know what you're doing. But you always get a little bit of the char on the outside yeah. or the edge yeah, of the steak. Yeah, you build a nice crust. Yep. And that's what I'm getting is the primary flavor component well, on this cigar. Yeah, you got to have a hot spot of the grill and yeah. a cool spot. And, yeah, it takes more work. Yes. It does take more work with a charcoal grill. I'm with you on having the char. Very, very good. Honestly, I would say a char right on the fatty portion. You get a oh, Delmonico yeah. steak and the fat gets rendered out a little bit and char's right on the corner. Mm-hmm. It's Flavor-wise, this thing's exceptional. It's it's outside of my wheelhouse strength-wise. <laughs> this is, and you've moved up. I've moved up, but, time, this is, but this is stronger than that yeah. Aladino Corolla See, this Reserve is like, for this sure. This is like first cigar of the day for me because I start out strong. As do I. And work my way milder as the day progresses, um, primarily to reduce the, the nicotine intake because it'll keep me up at night. Really? Yeah. I don't have that. Problem. I notice if I smoke stronger cigars at the end of the day, I have a harder time of hmm. unwinding and slowing down. Maybe it's because when you smoke stronger cigars, you drink more. And uh, yeah, the yeah. drinking is messing with your sleep schedule. Uh, could be a possibility. I'm starting to hear there's a Florida Kanye storage here in uh, New Hampshire. So... All right, it's time for us to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. 
Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum Cigars. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who know me, you might have a hard time believing this, but I don't like change. And unfortunately, there's a whole website that's voted to change. One of the petitions on that site is to change the day of the Super Bowl from Sunday to Saturday. The petition was started by a 16-year-old high school student. And the reason? He doesn't want to have to stay up late on a school night and watch a game that won't end until around 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Shame on him for bucking tradition. The Super Bowl on Sunday is as American as apple pie. For six months, Sunday is a religious experience for those of us who aren't religious. Suck it up, buttercup, and fake being sick the day after like the other 26% of Americans do. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. I'm with the kid. No, it's... <laughs> I kind of like the idea of doing it on Saturday. College football is Saturday. Football is... Sunday is the church of football. Listen, college football's and, over for the season. And I walked, Saturday's open. And I walked away from the church for a while. I, I am back to religiously going to church. And I want my Sundays so are you to saying, be about touchdown Jesus. Are you saying God... Wants the Super Bowl on Sunday? No, no, it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's maybe, maybe God wants it to be a day of rest. Maybe this cigar is affecting him and it's making him (laughs) see the light is really what it is. I wouldn't say it's about God, but football is a religion to some people. They eat, they breathe. It's all they do is football. And I look forward to Sundays with football and cigars. Maybe. Your anger is wearing off. You know what? Maybe I haven't been angry this show. Maybe it is you. (laughs) <laughs> but it belongs on Sunday, and it should stay on Sunday. You know, maybe the advertisers will get a little bit more money out of it. I, I don't know. Um, you that, know, folks, is what we call in the industry a segue. In 19- his next bit is about the cost of advertising on the Super Bowl. <laughs> in 1967, Super Bowl won. The cost of a 30-second ad was 37500 37, For Super Bowl 54... The cost of a 30-second ad is up 14,000% from the inaugural Super Bowl, coming in at $5.6 million, which is up from $5.3 million in 2019. Uh, this year, politics will play a part of the advertising with Michael Bloomberg and President Trump, both buying 60-second slots. And uh, Pop-Tarts has an ad, which makes you wonder if they will address the butter-on-the-Pop-Tart phenomenon. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? It's so freaking good. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. I feel the anger coming back. (laughs) (laughs) See how I worked that in there this time? I do it every show. Uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev will lead the way with six to eight commercials. And Big Poppy will get lessons from a uh, Boston speech coach in a commercial uh, with also... Uh, Robert for Hyundai with also Robert Kelly and Tony V handling the company's Twitter account during the game. And the duo will additionally host the Hyundai quarter time show, a series of four video segments that will be filmed, edited and published during the Super Bowl uh, per Hyundai press release. And the other minute commercial that Tony V is in uh, is the spot pack. And I think it's uh, 25 million views. Last I checked, Smart Pack, it had 25 million views, yeah. 
I, I was driving home with my wife the other day, and there was a Hyundai Sonata to the to the right of us, and she's rolling down her window, and she's staring at the guy, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? She goes, I want him to roll down his window. I was like, why do you want him to roll down his window? She goes, I want to ask if he has smart pack. <laughs> so, so genius, because the ad, the ad is uh, definitely working. And Robert Kelly and Tony V have both, of course, been on the Cigar Authority. Yep. Yes, and they have. There'll be uh, 77 ads in the Super Bowl this year, and they've all been sold uh, just before Thanksgiving. It's time to hear the Don Raphael Offer of the Day, brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? The price is a million dollars. You need to give up using the toilet. For one year. Are we talking number one and number two? You can't use the toilet for any reason, and you must go in your pants. Hmm. See, you didn't say that as part of the initial thing. I don't... Listen, I do it how I want to do it. Can you wear an adult diaper? I would accept adult diapers. Can you ask me again in 30 years? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'll pass. Uh, I'm gonna pass on that as million well. Million dollars? I would do it for a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say anything about you gotta not tell anybody or any of that. So, can you work somewhere else while you're doing it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I would be here. Uh, so on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, nearly 23 million Americans bet on the Super Bowl for a total of nearly six billion dollars. Uh, with gambling now legalized in more states than ever, the numbers expected to grow this year. And some of the crazy things you can bet on are, will Jennifer Lopez show butt cleavage? Uh, saying yes is a plus 500 bet, why no is minus 1,000. What does that even mean, plus 500 and minus 1,000? So uh, 100 to win 500, or, th- or you'd have to bet 1,000 to win 100. So you end up, no, I wouldn't so- do that. You're not doing it either way. No. Uh, what color will the Gatorade shower be? Uh, lime, green, and yellow is at plus 275, and purple's at plus 1,400. Uh, will J-Lo and Shakira be caught lip-syncing? Yes is at plus 700. No is at minus 1,500. And uh, there'll be a Cheetos commercial with MC Hammer this year, and there's a line if whether he will say can't touch this or too legit to quit in the, the commercial. I'm going to say that's a given. Uh, yes. He's going to say both because yep. it's MC Hammer, and that's <laughs> those are the two things that he does. Yes is minus 200, uh, but that one seems like a, a slam dunk. Uh, there's an over underline for how many times President Trump will tweet on Super Bowl Sunday, and that line's at 13 and a half times. And uh, with J-Lo performing, there's a line on how many times A-Rod will be shown, and I over underline on that is plus five. Uh, so if they show him on the camera and you took the over, you would win on that bet. The line on the national anthem is 124.5 seconds, and the anthem this year will be sung by Demi Lovato. And if she starts crying before it and has to start all over like she did in the (laughs) Grammys, uh, that would be a win. As far as the game goes, at the time of putting together my show notes, the Kansas City Chiefs were favored by one and a half with the over and under at 54 and a half. My pick is the Chiefs and the under. Uh, Jonathan, do you have a pick? Who's playing? (laughs) Kansas City and San Francisco. Well, what color are the jerseys? They're both red, white, and gold. 
I mean, uh, whatever the opposite of whatever you said is, that's who I'm picking. That would be San Francisco you're picking. I'll take San Fran. That's where his people are. And uh, is that, do I get the over on that? <laughs> the over would be 54 and a half. That's total points scored. This is, the whole betting thing is so stupid. You got you to gotta know a whole nother set of rules instead of just regular football. Well, you can do the money straight money line and just you know no spread. You just pick one team to win. When you say spread, <laughs> take it easy there. The pants should yeah. stay on. Now, Ed, you're a football fan. Yeah, you have a pick. Um, now, are we going for I'm betting on it or who I want to win? Uh, you can give both. Um, I would bet on Kansas City winning. Yeah. I kind of want San Francisco to win just so that I can get the camera shot of Andy Reid's disappointment <laughs> at but, the end. But we've it. seen that so many times throughout his career. I, it never gets old. I love it. <laughs> Jonathan feels a little left it's out. It's so dumb. So victory, uh, victory cigars have been a thing. Uh, LSU, uh, they smoked the Carl Malone barrel age when they won the NCAA championship. Last year, the Patriots smoked Padron. Uh, in the NBA, the Raptors smoked Fuente. The Ashes cheated, so we're going to skip over them. <laughs> if you won something as huge as a well, Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe they should have smoked the Avo unexpected. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he deserves a bell for that. I'll give him. There you yeah. go. Uh, if you won a big game or something, uh, a huge thing like this, what would your victory cigar be? Everybody's going to expect me to say the Grand Poema by Byron, but that's because my real favorite I thought was never being made again which is the Byron Disquinditos. Mm -hmm. That is the best cigar, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's just perfection. So that that's the one that I would light up if, uh, if I won a big game or my team won or whatever. Ed? You know, last few times the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl. Win or lose, I have a Byron, you know, either to celebrate or because I'm sad. See for me, it would be uh, it would be a spirited victory, so I would go with the Atabase Spiritus. One hundred rated. One hundred rated. Should be a ninety-seven. Stand behind <laughs> that. All right, <clears throat> it's time for the classic three-way. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. It's time for this day in classic history. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Classic Cigars are now the most affordable cigar brand in America. With prices as low as $1.50, this cigar has something for everyone. The Classic Connecticut is light and smooth. The Classic Maduro is bold, but never overpowering. The Classic Cameroon sits somewhere in between with hints of sweetness. And the Classic Cuban is a real knockoff of the taste and flavors from old-time Havanas. Classic cigars are sold in cost-saving bundles of 20 and sold in five great sizes, ranging from $1.50 to $2.25 per cigar, which makes Classic the most affordable, premium, handmade cigar in America. Classic cigars. All right. I have four questions. Maybe. I, I think I have five questions, actually. How many tiebreakers? Uh, there are no tiebreakers, so. What if it's a tie with five questions? There won't be. All right. I guess I could have one tiebreaker. Yeah, make one a tiebreaker. It's important. All right. So the radio show, The Green Hornet, mm -hmm. debuted. And you guys will remember The Green Hornet TV show starring Bruce Lee. This is the radio program, The Green Hornet, had its radio debut. Uh, I'm the champion. You're the champion. Sorry. 1934. 27. 
1927. All right. Although I should have gone with 1827, but 1927. The real answer is 1936, which gives Ed Sullivan one point. He was two points off there. The trademark for Coca-Cola was first registered in the United States Patent Office. Barry Stein. 1896. 1896, he says. Ed Sullivan. 1882. And uh, 1882 is going to get it. It was 1893. Barry Stein was over by three. You know, every week you give Dave a hard time about holding on to the bell too long and you're doing it yourself shut up there (laughs) all right Uh, mcdonald's corporation opened its first fast food restaurant in moscow russia it's going to ed sullivan here that was in 2001 Barry Stein. That's what I have written down, 2001. They're both over. It was in 1990. And uh, the final question, and then we're going we're gonna to have a bonus question for this. The first clinic specializing in the treatment of venereal diseases was opened at the London Dock Hospital. And Jonathan's thankful for that. I am grateful. Uh, World War II, I'm going to say it started around... Uh, just before, I'm going to go like 1938. Ed Sullivan? I'm going much earlier because, you know, venereal disease has been around. So I'm going 1871. All right. You're both over. It happened in 1747. And uh, on the day that I picked, which was yesterday, right. not today, just so nobody could cheat, the podcast host... DJ extraordinaire and national living legend inductee in 2015, Mr. Jonathan, that's me, was born yesterday. In what year? This is Ed. Oh. Um, what's 2020 minus 42? That would be 74. Uh, 78. 78 is what we're both saying. Well, right. I'm saying 76 because I don't know how old he is. <laughs> he said it earlier in the show. All right, so Ed Sullivan wins with four points. It was 1978. Uh, that's when I was born. I was in high school. You couldn't resist putting that in there. Yeah, that, I, I just find it ironic that you picked a, a different date because you were worried that we would cheat, which a cheater would usually do. So I, I'm calling out that you cheat from time to time. Well, because I would never think to pick another date. I don't think it's from time to time. I think it's on the last show of the year. Yeah, so he could be the champion of the decade. Yeah. Um, breaking news from the Boston Globe: Man in Massachusetts is confirmed to have coronavirus. That's why you should always smoke robustos and toros. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy when we smoked twenty two eighty three. That wasn't the corona. I didn't want to open myself up to it. <laughs> I don't think that's how you contract the virus, there, Barons. Well, you don't know. So Steve writes through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com with respect to logos and merchandise. Hi, guys. Enjoy the show and love the care package. My question and comment is, have you considered updating your logo on your merch in your online store? 
I considered ordering something, but to be honest, and with all due respect, your logo couldn't be worse. <laughs> wow. How about a contest for a new logo design? Winner gets a nice prize. I think you'd sell some more stuff. Thanks for continuing the show, Steve. Put that aside for Dave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'll put that in there. You know, you, you mentioned uh, the coronavirus and not how you get it. Corona, whoever does their Twitter account, had the best tweet. And it said, drinking Corona beer won't give you coronavirus, but it will give you cravings for Taco Bell. That's great. <laughs> wow. Taco Bell. Ooh. So we're smoking the Jacob's Ladder Toro. And after your enthralling breakdown between Pennsylvania Broadleaf and Connecticut Broadleaf, I think this, whatever they're using here, the Pennsylvania Broadleaf, I think this is the winner. The thing, the thing that surprised me the most about it was that Pennsylvania Broadleaf is 25% cheaper. Well, and despite growing less of it, you would right, think but, less would increase demand. Well, or nobody's using it as wrapper, right. so but, you're going to have more less people money. should be using it. Well, it, it, and I think what will happen with shortage of Connecticut Broadleaf, the demand will grow for Pennsylvania Broadleaf in that price gap. I'm wondering how many smaller. people are going to use Pennsylvania Broadleaf and try to pass it off as Connecticut Broadleaf if they're not already Ooh, doing that. I think he could tell. Yeah, I think you'd be able to I don't, tell. But you can't really tell here because it's not it's it's not that mineral bomb that I was expecting. There's an awful lot of sweetness. And again, that may be that Maduro binder. That USA Maduro. But the, the, the I'm not getting inundated with that mineral component that I was expecting. You know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Skip Martin tweeted, uh, who sponsors the after show on the after show. Uh, I believe we're going to look at what we would do if we were starting a brand, if we would cater to the loyalist or if we would cater to the limited edition guy. And uh, But we'll get into that after in the after show. Uh, he admitted that the Neanderthal changed slightly, something right. changed on it. Now that the Broadleaf is, uh, now that the uh, Cro-Magnon's coming back, which uses a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, he showed that the cigars were being boxed up in the factory. They're ready to come back to the U.S. They should start appearing on retail shelves in the upcoming weeks. It'll be curious to see, did he change the wrapper? What is the holdup with his Fumarian? Because it's not like Candela is all that difficult to source. I, You know, I, I think in the past he said that he only wants the best of the best Candela. So if it's not available... He doesn't make them. He makes a hell of a candela, but man, that well, thing Well, they is, are beautiful. Sells out the day that it comes yeah. in. I'm assuming as we get closer to St. Patrick's Day, there'll, there'll be a, a, a shipment of an influx. They'll be curious when uh, Ed gets back and uh, Dave gets back if it was available at TPE and if we could expect it on the shelves. That'd be great. It is the perfect St. Patrick's Day yeah. cigar. I'd say it's my favorite of the candelas. I actually, uh, I like the Dos Hombre Candela, too. Hmm. Jonathan, you, know. you got a mailbag for us? I do. All right. This is uh, Krispy Kreme Killer, who writes in often. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, I, I hope the holidays had treated you well this year, and you had some good Christmas and New Year cigars, and were with your families to celebrate. This year, it looks like Cigar Aficionado took a familiar page out of its book, and seem to spread the love around like it usually does. I think the real news there is that after being easily the busiest manufacturer and grower in the cigar industry in the past 10 years, A.J. Fernandez 
has made a number one cigar. 10-year overnight sensation, like you guys always say. My tastes aligned well to the Cigar Journal end year list. AJ also topped that with the Bella Artista Maduro, which I really enjoy, and the Lancero, of course. My own Krispy Kreme Killer Top 5 list of 2019 in no particular order goes like this. The Dunbarton Mi Carita Firecracker, the Romacraft Neanderthal LH, the Nesta Miranda Special Selection Coffee Break, the Crown Heads Four Kicks Mule Kick, the Aladino Corojo Reserve, number four. My own list has no rules other than that I need to smoke a lot of them in order to arrive at this consensus. If your list had its own, had no rules, what would each of your top picks be? It sickens me to agree with you, but if there were no rules, Aladino Corojo Reserver would have to be up there. Yeah, I think it's no secret that, that I smoke a lot of them. Uh, as far as other cigars that I really enjoyed this year, that HVC Black Friday. You were going through boxes I got boxes. 300 of them now at this point I've stockpiled. We still have a few left here in Salem as far as boxes go. We do? We do. And we have we'll a, we'll one talk. Or, one or two. <laughs> one and or we, two. Have, uh, we have a couple of mail order. So uh, if you guys run out of them here and uh, our listeners don't buy up the rest, uh, you can get your hands on a couple more. I, the, know, I know people. The Byron Disquinditos is right there for me. Mm. Uh, I know Dave likes Atabay. It's not It's not going to be in my top five. I've been really liking the Aganorsa Habano as well mm-hmm. and the JFR Lunatic in the Habano. That would be probably my top five of what I'm smoking right now. Uh, I'll agree. I've been smoking the Black Fridays, uh, HVC Broadleaf, uh, Odd box because it comes, it's one box and it's half short Robusto and half Toro. And I bounce back and forth between the two, so the box is perfect for me. Uh, those are back in. I also like the HVC 500 Anniversario. Also solid. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been a fan of HVC lately. I've been smoking a lot of that. And of course, my go to, and to me, still legit cigar of the year. And if you follow me on Instagram in the, in the summer, that's all I'm smoking on my back deck is the Nesta Miranda Special Selection. That's in the, that's in my regular rotation as well, but I, I would say it's probably number six. And I was misleading. You know, I've, I've been spending time out in the store. The uh, smoking situation in Asheville changed a little bit where I can't smoke in the back room. Um, a lot of people are being shown the cigar of the year by by Freddie or Lucky, who worked in Nashua store, and they're like, "Ah, oh, I don't know. It's, it looks a little too strong for me." And they're like, "Don't judge a book by its cover." And people are smoking it and they're loving it. So if you've been hesitant to try it because you're not really into a stronger cigar, uh, because it looks stronger, it's solid medium. I agree. I agree. Anybody, anybody can good. smoke it. Well, you know, I happened to uh, be rummaging through my humidor the other day, and I found some Saka firecrackers, and I smoked one. I had forgotten just how good those are. I still have an unopened box. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to make it to my the top of the list. It's right up there. I I do love them a lot, but I think that Aladino is just more balanced than the Saka Firecracker, but I love the Saka Firecracker particularly because it kicks you right in the teeth from the get-go. I get a chance to smoke one of the Perdomo Firecrackers. And ah, it I've, is, only, I've only smoked two of those. Bastards. It is <laughs> I've yet to have one. Exceptional. You work well, in the wrong store. He, here's the thing about it. It's, 
it's not going to kick you in the teeth the way some of the others did. And at first I thought, oh, is that a prop? But it is such a perfect blend. It's like smoking brown sugar. And, and it is a slight departure from what you would expect from Perdomo's sun-grown, uh, his regular 20th. It's a little, a little fuller bodied. He did do a good job a, a of front end loading that. But it isn't the kick you in the teeth version of the firecracker. But I think it's a perfect blend. It was so good. And you, know, so it, you didn't smoke it, Barry? No, I, I left out of this conversation. But, you know, uh, uh, Crispy Cream Quiller mentioned me to eat a firecracker. For me, the best firecracker to date. Uh, I haven't had the Pepine firecracker, but it's been the Romacraft firecracker. To me, that would that would trump the Saka firecracker. Mm. You know, I love me some Roma craft, but I preferred the Saka. I believe Skip actually did too. He admitted that on so social media. What do we have for final thoughts on the Southern Draw, Jacob's Ladder Toro? There's a lot of changes between the thirds. You know, it started off meaty in the first third, the second third. That that mineral esque that bite is kind of disappeared. Um, there's a little bit of molasses sweetness to it. Um, just a nice. It's a cigar you won't get bored from because it has right. transitions. It does, and I and I think that the size to smoke on this is the Toro because mm-hmm. of those transitions. Mm-hmm. The Robusto was a little more full bodied right out of the gate, and mm-hmm. I think some of the subtleties get lost mm-hmm. at that point. I think just when you think it might be too much, it mellows a little bit yep. for a while. And I know you had a hard time uh, retrohaling it before, you know, just puked on stage. There's a shock. But now we're at the halfway point. The, the retrohale is milder. It's smoother. Um, there's kind of a little bit of cinnamon, not so much pepper, uh, but it's definitely manageable. Not that you would know. Yeah, I'm not following you on that. <laughs> All right. Next week, Dave is back from the TPE and will share more than he's supposed to, I'm sure. Barry and I were going to push him into divulging any secrets he may have about who's buying whom, and we'll see if any of Barry's silly football predictions came true. We're live from the Toscano Cigar Sound Stage. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network, and uh, you definitely learned nothing in the last two hours. Dude, I thought I was going to get oh, to go say, ahead. keep Sorry. Up. If you learned nothing in the past two hours, I mean, you probably didn't. Well, you probably learned that we struggle to make it through two hours without Dave, but keep the lid end out of your mouth. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.